Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Saturday Mailbag Show, KBS Listeners Lounge, coming to you from Seoul, the capital of South Korea. It's Saturday, June 17th of 2017, and as always, we've got the latest listeners' letters, messages, and reports we receive from you coming right up. So please stay tuned. I'm Lawrence Taylor. And I'm Kim Ji Eun. We'll be right back. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Jin. How are you today? I am doing all right. I'm a little bit tired, but um, I mean, it's the weekend, so I think it's okay to be a little tired at this point. Right. I've got the entire weekend to charge up. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm doing good today. Looking forward to the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing some friends, so yeah, looking forward to that. Um, but the weather is getting pretty hot now, isn't it? It's getting pretty hot. I believe yesterday in Seoul it peaked at 33 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but... But hot. Yeah, it's hot. It's, <laughs> right. pretty, it's pretty hot. And I actually read that last month uh, was the hottest May in Seoul since 1973. Uh, and that's expected to be the case for June as well. That's what I hear too. And there were even reports of a banana tree in Daegu City bearing fruit earlier this month. And for those who may not know, bananas are tropical fruits. And so they're not really supposed to grow anywhere on the South Korean peninsula at all, let alone in June, not even in July or August. Mm, right. Uh, we actually covered that story on Soul Calling on Thursday. Uh, apparently the tree's owner was as surprised as anyone else to see the fruit. Uh, since he only planted that one single banana tree for decorative purposes. Right, and I mean, it's one thing to hear about bananas and mangoes being cultivated on Jeju Island, which is considered to be a subtropical climate. Um, but it's weird to hear these stories coming out of Daegu, even though it is one of the hottest cities in the country. Right, isn't that also the same city where they say you can fry an egg on the asphalt? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure why you'd want to. Oh, they usually just did that on the news to show how hot it is. And I remember this one um, very clearly because I used to actually go to Daegu every single July for the first 10 years of my life because my grandparents used to live there. Uh, Was it uh, always that hot back then too? I remember one particular summer in the mid-90s when they actually did fry an egg on the asphalt on the news and we were just looking at it. But come to think of it, though, um, back then it was only a couple of days a year that the temperature would soar so high that you could actually fry an egg on uh, on outside. Um, but there were definitely no bananas growing on trees in June. And um yeah my my grandparents didn't even have ac at the time they could just crack the windows open on both sides and the wind and the breeze would take care of it but i guess not quite the case anymore i I mean it was only recently that the city got its new nickname too Uh, yes i heard about this uh do you want to tell our listeners what it is sure it's Africa, as in uh, portmanteau of Daegu and Africa. That's right. Uh, it certainly gives you an idea of the scorching heat in Daegu right now. Right. I'm just happy that it's nice and cool in the studio. We've got our drinks and whatnot. And speaking of the studio, though, let's get back to business at hand. Of course. I would like to give you another reminder that the annual KBS World Radio Overseas Listener Satisfaction Survey is currently underway. That's right. Print the survey leaflets have been sent out to some of our long-time listeners, and we've had some of them let us know that they've already received it, and we'll be sending it back to us soon, so thank you very much for that. Online, you can take the survey on our website at world.kbs.co.kr. 
And you can also find the link on our Facebook page. Just so you know, we had over 1,700 listeners take part in the survey last year, and the English service received the second highest number of responses, just but fa- just falling behind the Spanish service by two responses. So maybe you can help us take the top spot this year. I mean, we're not competing or anything, but, you know, since there are 11 of us, might as well. That's right. Uh, so once again, uh, go to our website for more information on the survey. And for those who receive the survey forms in the mail, we'd like to thank you in advance for mailing the completed forms back to us before the end of August. All right. Now we'll take a quick break, but we'll be right back with this week's letters and reports. So don't go away. You're listening to KBS Listener's Lounge on KBS World Radio. It's time now for us to take a look at the listener letters and reception reports. As usual, we've received some fantastic handwritten, typed up and emailed comments, letters and reception reports from you, our listeners. And we'll share some of those with you on this programme. We'll start with a handwritten letter and reception report from our UK monitor, Grant Skinner. Since the beginning of this year, Grant's been sharing with us the origin stories of the names of each month. And of course, it was no exception for the month of May. Here is what he wrote. May honors Maia, an ancient Roman goddess of spring. She was chosen to be remembered and worshipped at this time of the year as she was linked in mythology with the growth of nature. The linguistic roots of her name spoke of a mother, a nurse, and universal increase. An alternate explanation claims that political reasons were responsible for the designation of the month. Its name paid tribute to the majores who formed the original Senate of Rome. I think I certainly prefer the first theory over the latter. I'd rather have a goddess over a senator. Um, Grant also wrote about May Day and Labor Day, which were also very interesting and also very informative. Thank you very much for that, Grant. As for his reception reports, Grant said he listened to our broadcast on May 1st on 9.515 MHz at 1627 hours UTC on a Grundig YB400 receiver with an extendable rod antenna. He rated the Simpo 35443 and he wrote, Gold star for effort. I could actually listen to your broadcast, which was a pleasant surprise. The broadcast quality was degraded by electrical noise that sounded like crackles, which came in waves. It was not constant. Uh, But despite the crackles, he was able to give us a lot of details about the programmes he heard, with the last timestamp at 16.49 hours UTC. And on the following day, he heard us again on 15.575 megahertz this time, from 1300 to 1311 hours UTC. He said that there was too much noise, which kept him from listening to all of the broadcast. He rated the Simpo 25352. And on May 4th, he tuned into us on 15.575 megahertz once again from 1309 to 1331 hours UTC. And on this day, the Simpo started out at 25322, but improved to 35453. It really is wonderful to know that you are finally able to hear us, Grant. I know it hasn't been easy. I know there were some uh, periods of frustration, in fact. Uh, so thank you again for your patience and for your dedication. Well, have your QSL cards on their way very soon. We actually have been receiving more reception reports on 15.575 megahertz since last month, which is a welcome change. Uh, listener Roger R. Roussel of Canada sent us a reception report by post once again after listening to us on May 9th. He listened to us from 1300 to 1336 hours UTC 
on 15.575 MHz using a Grundig Satellite 800 receiver with a 25-meter-long outdoor antenna, and that yielded a SIMPO rating of 35333. He gave us lots of details about the content as usual. Of course, May 9th was the day of the presidential election here, and it looks like Roger was closely following the news on this day. He also sent us a postcard along with a report. Uh, it was a great photo of a lighthouse, and he explained that it was actually very near where he lives in New Brunswick. So thank you very much, Roger. It really feels great to be reading reports of good reception on 15.575 megahertz after such a long period of practically no reception. Listener Robert Fraser of Maine in the United States sent us a neatly typed up reception report dated June 3rd. It was actually uh, typed up with the... Uh, typewriter, I think. Uh, really? yeah. Oh. yeah, it was really pretty to look at. Um, he listened to us on June 3rd on 15.575 megahertz from 1300 to 1337 hours UTC. He used a Grundig YB300 receiver with a real antenna and the Simpo stood at 45544, which is very good, especially for 15.575 megahertz, I think. He said there was a bad flutter in the signal, but the signal became stronger as time passed. Robert also gave us some details of what he heard and added, It has been some time since I heard you. For some time, I thought you also had quit shortwave. But after trying for some months, I noticed a faint signal getting stronger every day. I am glad to say that you are almost as strong as you were months ago. Again, it's wonderful to hear this. It was actually one of the many reasons I have been looking forward to summer. So thank you very much, Robert. We also received an email from listener Krista Brunstrom of Sweden. He said that he listened to us on June 11th on 15.575 megahertz from 1300 to 1400 hours UTC. He noted that there was no interference apart from the electronic noise in his building in central Hamstadt and rated the Simpo 35333. He listened to the news and K-pop interactive and he said, the show is good as background music, but I would have appreciated more variety. This is perhaps due to my age. I am 69 years old and my favourite music dates back to the 1960s. I believe that the music you grew up with then stays with you all your life. That's something I agree with as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am also interested in folk music from around the world and especially from Latin America and the Pacific area. First of all, I, I'm actually surprised that Christer is 69 years old because his voice sounds really young. And uh, second of all, I think music from the 60s is just good all around. I mean, who doesn't like the Beatles or the Beach Boys or the Bee Gees? But that being said, I wholeheartedly agree, and I know you do too, that the music you grew up with uh, stays with you all your life. Because even though I like music from all eras, practically, I do have a soft spot for the music from the 90s. So thank you for your report, Christer. We'll also pass on the note to Karen to add a little bit of variety to K-pop Interactive. The change in season seems to have been good, not just for our signal on 15.575 MHz, but also for our 11.810 MHz frequency too. Uh, Our UK monitor, Nick Sharp, continues to keep us updated on the reception condition in his area, and it's very easy to see that the condition is improving over time. For example, last week, Nick had said that the SIMPO for our 2200-hour UTC broadcast on 11.810 MHz stood at 32322, noting that although the signal had become slightly stronger, it continues to suffer from co-channel interference by China Radio International's Spanish service. But earlier this week, on June 12th, 13th and 14th, Nick said that the reception was fair throughout, with a Simpo rating of 3 across the board. Thank you very much for the good news, Nick. And he also had an interesting side note. Nick said on June 9th, 
Sorry, I was unable to send you a report last night as I was counting votes at the Egham Sports Centre in the British general election. We started counting the votes at 2200 hours local time and finished the count by 2am local time the next morning, with the Conservative Chancellor Philip Hammond winning. Uh, I actually know Egham quite well, as my friends used to go to Royal Holloway University, uh, which is just near there, it's kind of just outside mm-hmm. London. Uh, anyway, it's good to hear you were helping out with the election, Nick. Uh, thank you very much for getting in touch. I think it was around the same time last year that Nick mentioned counting ballots after the Brexit vote. Was that in July or <laughs> It was actually it was actually on June twenty fourth and I know that because it's my birthday. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so I remember it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, so um Vote counting, I think that's Nick's thing. So I hope it wasn't too tiring to be counting ballots until 2am. Yeah, very late. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for your reports. As always, Nick, we also have another report on the same frequency by listener Eddie Prabowo of Indonesia. In his email, Eddie said that he listened to us on 11.810 megahertz from 2244 to 2259 hours UTC on June 9th. In the notes, he wrote that the report was logged via WebSDR at 20 University in the Netherlands and mentioned, uh, actually, no, he said he monitored it in Jakarta, Indonesia using a Xiaomi Redmi 2 Android smartphone and rated the Simpo 34323. He also added, moderate signal strength came with relatively strong fading. Noise appears when the signal faded. Uh, minor QRM or interferences from the other station or co-channel heard a woman saying something is also what he wrote there. Uh, on the following day, Eddie also listened to us on 9.515 megahertz from 1600 to 1637 hours UTC, which seems to have been the better frequency for him. He gave the broadcast a simple rating of four across the board and he added, there was strong signal strength that came together with fading, making the clear audio sound wavy. I sometimes found a minor QRM like a data TX. Uh, thank you very much for your reports, Eddie. Staying with the frequency 9.515 megahertz, our monitor Mohammed Shamim S of India sent us his summary for the month of May via email recently, and 9.515 megahertz was the first team mentioned. He wrote, frequency 9.515 megahertz at 1600 to 1700 hours UTC was loud and clear in my area in May. In fact, he recently sent us a number of recession reports on this particular frequency with the Simpo at fours across the board, which is isn't bad at all. And uh, he said frequency 9.640 megahertz was good for reception from 1600 to 1700 hours UTC in May as well. As for 9.880 megahertz, he said it was average for reception in his area in May with strong jamming from China Radio International. I'm just going to add out there it's as usual, I suppose. The signal strength, he said, was strong, but there was strong Gur jamming from China Radio International. Mohammed also suggested that we start a program about Korean cuisine or one about Korean culture and events under the title K Arts Roundup, which isn't a bad idea at all. Thank you for your suggestion as well as your report and summary, Mohammed. Listener Dario Gabrielli of Italy also sent us an email with reports on 9.515 megahertz. He said that he listened to us on June 3rd from 1615 to 1630 hours UTC. He said that he received our signal with a four-band Dagon 1128H radio with an indoor telescopic antenna, and the Simpo stood at two across the board. Dario also sent us an MP3 file recording of our broadcast, which have been very helpful as well. Thank you very much, Dario. 
And here's another summary for the month of May. Our Taiwanese monitor Cheng Nan Lu sent us his logs for the month when he listened to our broadcast on 9.570 megahertz from 0800 to 0900 hours UTC, a total of 25 times. As usual, he tuned in using a JRC NRD92 receiver with the whip antenna, and it was very nice to see that the simple ratings were mostly five across the board with occasional fours here and there. But overall, the worst condition he uh, he had seen in the month of May was on May 15th when he rated the simple four across the boards. That was the worst he saw, so not bad at all. Nanlu also sent us a blank QSL card from Radio Taiwan International once again. Thank you very very much for both the report and the QSL card. Next up, we have reception reports from listener Avinash Chikoth of India, who actually sent us an email and an online report. Avinash actually listened to us from where he works in Al Ain in the United Arab Emirates, but he clarified that he is currently on vacation and is at home in India. For the two reports he sent us, he specified that he used a Sony ICF SW7600GR digital radio and a Deegan 31MS indoor loop antenna to tune into us. The first report was dated May 24th, when he listened to us on 9.880 MHz, from 1400 to 1430 hours UTC. He rated the Simpo 4 across the board, and noted some slight co-channel interference. On the second report, Avanash said that he heard us on June 2nd, from 1830 to 1900 hours UTC, on the frequency 7.275 MHz. For this broadcast, he rated the Simpo... 33343 and said that there had been some adjacent channel interference by voice of Vietnam. Thank you very much for your reports, Avanash. Listener Harun or Rashid of Bangladesh also said via online re- uh, reception report that he listened to us on 7.275 megahertz recently on June 9th and the 11th to be precise. And he actually wrote that he heard us from 1900 to 2000 hours UTC, but I think he meant to write 1800 to 1900 hours UTC because that's when our broadcast goes out on the frequency 7.275 megahertz. Harun, if you're listening and if uh, if you can clarify this for us, that would be awesome so that we could provide you with the correct QSL card. But what's more notable is that the SIMPO was marked as five across the board for both days. So thank you very much for your good report. And we actually received another email, uh, emailed report from Bangladesh from another listener with the last name Rashid. His name is Babalor Rashid. And here's what Babalor said. Greetings from Bangladesh. I hope this letter finds you well. It has been some time since I last wrote to you, but I have still been listening. I have been a regular listener since 2001. I would like to congratulate you on the well-presented and in-depth news, not only national news, but also international items. This has always been the case with your station. Please continue the good work. I also like to listen to Radio News' interesting items, coupled with a fair review of international events. Thank you for the good programmes. Thank you for your kind words, Babalor. As for his recession report, he wrote that he used a Kichibo receiver with the telescopic antenna to listen to us on June 12th, and he tuned in to 9.880 megahertz from 1400 to 1500 hours UTC and rated the Simpo 3 across the board. Thank you very much, Babalor. And I believe that is all the time we have for the letters, emails, and recession reports from you today. We'll be sure to send out the corresponding QSL cards to everyone who requested. It's now time to take a peek into KBS World Radio's mailroom with our mail correspondent Yoon Ha Lee. Here is... Inside the Mailbox. 
Hello and welcome to Inside the Mailbox. I'm Yoonha Lee. In this weekly corner, I share updated information from our Facebook page as well as news about events and answer listeners' inquiries. Also, I tell you how to navigate our KBS World Radio English Service website. First up, let's go over to our Facebook page. The FIFA Under-20 World Cup was held in South Korea this year and came to an end on Sunday. The tournament attracted great interest both here and abroad with thousands of soccer fans at the stadiums to cheer on their teams. Our English host Lawrence was at the Suwon World Cup Stadium to see England defeat Venezuela in the final to win the tournament. We uploaded a post of some of the photos he took at the game, as well as a link to his match report. When you click on the link to go to the KBS World Radio website, there is a list of all the articles about the Under-20 World Cup, so if you're a soccer fan, you should definitely check them out. If you'd like to see photos from the game and read Lawrence's match report, make sure to head on over to our English Service Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash EnglishKBS. Now let's move on to website directions. From time to time, we air reruns of previous special programs, but did you know that you can also listen to them anytime on our KBS World Radio website? Starting this week, I'll introduce one special program from the past and tell you how to find it on the website. To kick off, let's start from last year's special program. First on the website, go to the archive section, which is on the right side of the screen towards the bottom of the page. On the archive page, there is a list of all the special programs we aired in the past, sorted by year. Click on 2016 and at the bottom of the list, you'll find the new year special, Searching for Hope Amid Tribulations, The Life of Ijung's Hop. This program was in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the birth of the Korean artist Ijung Sop. Some of our listeners might have seen one of his renowned ox paintings on our QSL card last year. If you'd like to hear more about the artist's life and artworks, click on the orange Listen Again button on the left, just below the program title. Also, if you click on the small rectangular image below the Listen Again button, you can look through Ijung Sop's paintings. After you're finished browsing his artworks, scroll down to read a short introduction to the program and see photos of places in Korea relevant to Lee Jung-sup's life. To find the Lee Jung-sup special program page, head on over to our KBS World Radio English Service website, world.kbs.co.kr English. And that's it for this week's Inside the Mailbox. Until next time, this is Yoon Ha Lee. Have a nice weekend! That's all we have for you this week on KBS Listener's Lounge. We hope you enjoyed the show. This has been Lawrence Taylor. And this has been Kim Ji-yeon. Thank you for joining us and we hope you have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye.